0: Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday meeting podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at OALAIG.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now our speaker. Hi, I'm Lori, compulsive overeater. Um, Let's see. So in the beginning, uh, I used to love to joke that I was born at 10 pounds. So I guess that came out like over, you know, pretty big. And uh, in my childhood, I remember going to brownies, which would would have been in first, second grade um, and birthday parties, everything, everything was always about the food. What, What cake can I eat? What can I, you know, all of that. And even though thank goodness I had friends and growing up in the late fifties, early sixties, I looked back at the statistics uh only ten percent of children were overweight, so all my cousins, my sisters, everybody around me was uh very skinny in my eyes, but of course they were normal weight and and i when I went to the first time I spoke and I went to find pictures of myself, I said, "Hey, I wasn't even that." big but I was of course not well I guess it is called bullying um and it was so funny because uh you know not funny they would say fatty fatty two by four can't fit through the bathroom door all those things people just thought they could say whatever and and I was a swimmer my parents got me on a swim team and I broke records and and I was good at swimming but in right in third grade at the height of swimming and uh having broken records i i saw a picture of myself and i remember doing it when i saw it i had poked holes in my face and it was so sad it makes me cry just to think about it that that's how i felt just because i was chubby and i i didn't see all the good things and uh so that was very sad and um there was something i had just thought of that was going oh Uh, I ended up being a teacher for 40 years. And when I was in first grade, I was holding my teacher's hand and a little boy came and held my hand on the other side. And he goes, oh, I just defended you. And I go, really? What what did you do? He said, well, all the boys in the bathroom were talking about how fat you were. But I said, no, that that you're just a little chubby and you're still cute. And I was like, oh, well, I guess. Thank you. (laughs) And then flash forward, like, 25 30 years and i'm teaching and a little boy comes and grabs my hand and he says oh i just offended you i said what he goes oh yeah the boys were saying that you were fat and i said oh my goodness it happened 30 years later but those boys in the bathroom didn't know me thank goodness i was not their teacher so um i really loved teaching but it was just funny so um i ended up uh ending up at 245 pounds and another thing oh back in the 80s when maybe i was uh like late 20s early 30s um, my friend went to a retreat up in santa barbara and and i dropped her off and then i picked her up And she goes, Oh, Lord, you have got to come meet these people. They are the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And you should join them. And I'm like, Oh, yes, yes. And I got so excited, and this sounds really wonderful. And I said, Who are they? She said, They're overeaters, anonymous people. And I went, I was like, oh my goodness, I was like insulted. Of course, I didn't know you guys because it's absolutely true. You're wonderful and the greatest people on earth. But I was like, oh, my goodness. I didn't consider myself that overweight at the time. And, of course, I didn't find a way at that time. I, I went to this program where they, where they, the same people who helped stop smoking. And they'd make you eat stuff, stuff it in you and look at a mirror and, uh, It was crazy. And uh, so you would bring in saying like I brought in banana bread and you'd have to stuff the whole thing in your mouth and chew and look at yourself. And they would put all this spray and they would spray fish emulsion. So all your senses would stop. Of course, that would only work a couple of a little while. But one time she she sprayed fish emulsion on my dress. I hadn't noticed but after those meetings I always went to the market to buy food and there I was picking out some fresh vegetables and someone came near me and I'm like oh they they're kind of stinky that goes somewhere else oh they're kind of stinky and, and it happened throughout the market it didn't took me all the way to the cash started to realize it was me <laughs> and the fish emulsion was on my dress so anyway that was how it was and I would gain and lose weight like all of us have done and um 50 pounds at a time. And uh, of course, it just kept going up, kept coming back with interest. And that's how I ended up at 245. And I finally, I watched some of my friends at school uh, take pills and lose weight really quick. And I stayed away from that because my mother did that. So uh, finally, I was ready to give up. I said, you know what, I just, I can't do this anymore. And and if I lose weight now at 245, my God, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be 300. So I went to my doctor and i said that's it just give me the pills and she goes nope i am not gonna do that and she wrote out a prescription for Overeaters anonymous oh, so she saved my life and i found a little meeting right here that was my home meeting in los angeles here in westchester little meeting you sat around the table you read and then you wrote about what you read and then you you Uh, spoke, you read aloud what you wrote. And I love that little meeting. And it really helped me. My first abstinence was so easy, just no added sugar, no added salt. And I was able to lose 25 pounds and then kept going. And, uh, And then I got to 200. And there I sat, just sat there forever, like a little ping pong ball. As soon as I'd get to 200, 199, boom, boom. So, and I also found my sponsor. And she's been with me ever since 2006. And I love her and she's helped a lot. She finally, you know, made nice suggestions and did things and tried to let me do things on my own. And she finally said, "Lori, put down the sugar already. And I said, okay, okay. And I I put down the sugar. And of course it made a big difference. And that was uh, nine years ago. And as, as long as God helps me keep my abstinence till April, it will be 10 years of abstinence and um, and at 200 pounds, my husband became vegan and we started going to nutrition class and and I had retired by then so things got easier and. Uh, so I, I learned a lot about a food plan, I had a food plan before, but now I had some actual knowledge. And it was really good. And the main thing I learned was uh, never to eat more than 20 carbs in a meal and protein. But that was just for me and my body. So anyway, so that's how I did it. And let's see how it was, what I did and now how it is now. So. I thought I was going to do acting when I retired and I started right away, did some commercials, not, not big commercials or anything, just little ones. And it was a lot of fun, but it was enough to know that I was happy. I'd been a teacher (laughs) because acting, I have a lot of respect for actors and actresses. It's hard work and all those additions and everything. So I ended up swimming, going back to my love of swimming. And here I had been a champion up until 16 throughout the swim team and and broken records that sort of thing so the thing I felt confident about my whole life and when I went back to swimming and joined a master swim class the coach who's now my very good friend asked us to do backstroke And she goes oh you're, you're beginning to get it and I'm like oh thanks a lot and I said I-, I thought I was really good at this so it was part of my humbleness and and then we, the same coach took us to the ocean and we do ocean swimming. And I, oh my God, I love that. And it's so fun. And I, I swim the pier to pier. It's 2.2 miles from um, Hermosa Pier to Manhattan Pier. And people were asking me the first time when I first retired, I, I took a year to train. And then, hey, Lori, don't you want to try swimming pier to pier and do a practice? Ah, no, one time is enough. I only want to swim 2.2 miles once for no i don't need to practice well of course i didn't finish because the the boats come along the lifeguard tells you to come if you don't can't finish in two hours they they gently ask you nice swim time to time to exit so i didn't make it and then i tried again and by the third time that's when swimming floated to the top and acting had to go by the wayside because i really had to uh tried to really train and and I, I did that peer to peer like 10 times before the real race and I really had to step it up so I finally finished with two minutes to spare but at least I did and it was fun and um that's what it's like now and I, I think I'm going so fast but um the things that helped me the most I think the first thing I did oh in that Saturday meeting, I want to say that one of the first things I kept waiting for that miracle, and I, I'm really glad people kept saying, keep coming and wait for the miracle, wait for the miracle. Okay, so one time a guy said, have you gained any weight, and when I was stuck at 200, I said no, and it had been a couple of years, he goes, well, that's good, that's progress right there, and I had never thought of that, I go, oh, yeah, that is progress, because on my own, I would have gained it all back and and with interest, so so I finally recognized my first miracle. And then I let go of fear. Oh my gosh. I was one of those people who just lived in fear. Oh, did I say the wrong thing? Oh, I did this. Oh, I shouldn't have said this. Oh my God. Everything I did was fear. And uh, trying to manipulate everything around me. I know that came from my mom and I forgive her. Thank goodness for this program. And I love her and she's passed away now, but um, thank God for this program too. Cause you know, I can really Forgive her and love her so much, but um, she was alcoholic. So I developed those skills as a young person to manipulate and try to control as best I could my chaotic surroundings. And so that lasted right into teaching. I got to control the classroom. So it, it spilled over to until with uh my sponsor it was so wonderful. After a few years, my husband actually thanked her. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because I, I let go of fear and I let God be in charge, and that helps so much. And he removed the desire to eat sugary, unhealthy foods. And I had lived for those foods. Oh, my gosh, anything. And, you know, I would like to say only when I'm sad. No, when I'm happy, sad, whatever. It was time to get into the food. And, and of course, I was one of those people that would walk forever, drive forever to get something that I wanted. And it was crazy. So um, and one time I it really hit hard. My husband and I stopped at a gas station and right and the place to pay was right in the middle. And there was all this junk food all around. And I and it was right around five o'clock or six o'clock. And people were just jumping out of their cars, grabbing all those sweets and junk food and stuff. And I go, oh my God, that used to be me. And I didn't have even one inkling of wanting that stuff. I was so grateful, so grateful. And that's when I really realized it's really been taken away and removed for one day at a time, as long as I keep God close. And I love that saying, he's in front of me and back of me, to the side of me, over me, all around me. And I love it. And um, so everything I do now, I say a little prayer and I I keep him really close. And the other thing I discovered, the first time someone mentioned zoo food, I was like, what is that? I found out that means that we like animals in the zoo and uh, pretty much basically the same foods every day. But I have a lot of variety and I'm sure other people do basically the same foods, but check it like vegetables. But you can mix up the vegetables or the my husband's vegetarian, I mean, vegan, so we do a lot of plant based now which i'm really grateful to that he did that and and then in, in the zoo if you think about it the panda was not is not going to go eat the tiger's meat and the tiger is not going to go eat the panda's bamboo so it makes it really easy to start saying that's not my food and, and it really really helps me and let's see uh and then the, then i moved on which was another fabulous, fabulous milestone to forgive myself and forgive others. I always forgave. Well, I I used to be one of those people that would hang on silently and I would hang on to resentment forever, even if it was wrong. Like there was that story of the man uh, with a rye crisp, I think, at a lunch counter. He thinks the man sitting next to him ate his rye crisp. And then when he moved his paper, he saw his rye crisp crackers were still there. And that was me i would have a resentment and i wouldn't even be sure that i should have that resentment and it but i let go of resentments so i that step four really really helped and um, the thing i did the most was i allowed it i allowed it i allowed, it. I, allowed it. I never stood up for myself i did not um set boundaries and that really helped when i could learn to do that and so now I never spend a moment in in beating myself up, which I used to every night before I went to bed, I would beat myself up for little things I did all day long. And I was trying to be a good person and a people pleaser. And, they, and I'd go the next day and apologize to a teacher. Oh, I'm so sorry I said this at lunch because, Lori, I don't even remember. You don't need to apologize. And it would happen all the time. So I stopped beating myself up. And my my sponsor helped so much when I'd have a pity party. She'd go, "Lori, I have the little tiny violin out," and so then I was able to bring Five that minutes. up all by myself. Five minutes. Thank you. So I was starting to. I was able to bring that up all by myself. Uh, so every time I started to have a pity party, I just thought of that little violin. I laughed, and I immediately go to gratitudes. And gratitudes are so much better than pity parties and let's see and now I I do work all the tools and I love outreach calls and the 10th step and sometimes of course I'm really tired and my my sponsor okay so if you don't want to do the whole 10th step the what we do the vowels and that sort of thing and how the day was and then my gratitudes she'll at least do your gratitudes you know so it's just like taking a walk okay I'll go around the block and then you end up walking 10 blocks. So I just start my gratitudes and I end up doing my whole 10th step. And um, let's see. keeps And I keep my side of the street clean now. And when I start to judge others, I stop myself and I pray for them. That's all. People are on their own journeys. I don't know their life. And 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 I'm really good now. Oh my God, I used to butt into everything. My sister would want to tell me a problem before she would sit, tell me, she goes, but Lori, I don't want you to solve it. I just want you to listen. I go, okay, okay. And now I'm good at that. I can just listen and I don't have to jump in there. And really it was such a relief. My husband's um, from Oaxaca, Mexico, been married 34 years now and it's wonderful. But when his family, sister and brother first came, i thought i was in charge oh my god i'm american i, I better show everybody the way Tell everybody what to do blah, 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 blah. and it was huge, huge responsibility thank god i joined away right around then and i was like oh let them i i can take care of myself now and i don't have to do it and the whole you can imagine everybody's relationship got much better when i removed myself from that position Okay, one day at a time, no pity parties. I'm just looking at what I oh another one I just learned recently. I hadn't actually heard it. Ego is not me, amigo. And that's absolutely true. And one woman in the Saturday meeting used to talk about every time she got smug, she lost her her abstinence. So I try really hard. I just always say it's up to God, it's up to God, and and God's in charge. And and I try to, anytime I start to feel smug or, oh, look what I did. Yay, I did it. And I used to be one of those people that would go to parties and and make it through the whole party and, and then come home and be so proud of myself. Yay. And then eat something or go on vacation and make it through the whole vacation abstinence and then, oh, look what I did. So I wouldn't break my abstinence, but i just come home and eat a little bit too much or whatever, you know, I, so I, I stopped that too, thank goodness, with God's help. And now it really resonates with me. It's the people, not the food. And anytime I'm going anywhere socially, I remind myself it's the people, not the food. And, and acceptance. I just love, love, love that prayer. When I when I get really anxious, um, like, oh my God, I had to. Da, 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 even if I'm really, really late, I ask myself questions. Okay, you're in the middle of traffic on the 405. Can you do anything? No. Okay then just relax. God's time. It's God's time. It, everything is the way it's meant to be. And in, not only in that situation, but in so many situations when I I used to run around like a chicken with my head cut off. My parents always used to say, and I did. And I used to cause my own problems because in that state of mind, I'm running around, I'm breaking things, I'm putting on makeup and skating all over and I drop it on my clothes. I, I was crazy. And I, I was making my life much more complicated than it needed to be. I just take deep breaths and say, God's time, God's time. And when I have things I need to do, I say, with God, I can do anything. With God, I can do anything. It just really, really calms me down. Uh, so let God, okay, I think I mentioned everything. And one another thing that helped me too um, was I, I used to think half, of it, half measures avail us nothing. And I'm like, why? I did something, doesn't I, don't I get credit for something? And then I realized, hey, as a teacher, I go, no, wait a minute. 50% is still an F, which is a zero. So even if a student does 50%, that's not enough. And so it helped me to understand that part. And and another thing that really helped my perfectionism, trying to do everything perfect, was in nutrition class, they said, if you're doing 80-20, you're doing a good job. Oh, my God. So that helped me if I went a little over, I ate a little extra or something, instead of just giving up like the old days and just eating and say, I'll start tomorrow. I just forgive myself and move on. And that 80-20 really helps me. And 80% is a B, so so that helps. And I think I've said everything. And that's, um, okay. That's your time. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share.